name is Anne. I'm here at the new wellness coordinator um, and I have a strong intention which is to bring um, really positive tools to the school because I, I believe that uh, uh, what we uh, embody as adults has a lot of uh, um, impact on the, on the children, on the teens and that it is an age uh, when a lot of things can happen, good things, and sometimes, unfortunately, bad things. And so we are here just to prevent these bad things to happen and to promote well-being and mental health. And uh, uh, so the idea with the workshop is also, because you are the partners of the school for the students and for our learners, uh, we hope to uh, bring all these positive things to the community and to uh, help support our, our kids. I'm... Uh, um, mental health educator. I am a mom of uh, 13 years old and I have very often the question, oh, so because I'm um, in my background, I'm also a child psychiatrist and all the time I have the question, so you must know how to do with your kids and it, um, or to see if they are not. And my answer is always no. Uh, at most, I can see when I'm doing bad and I can see, oh no, I'm doing that again and I know I'm not supposed to do that, but it's not really helpful as a mom. One thing has been really helpful in my background and it is to know more about how the teenage brain works because I hope it will be the same for you tonight, but to know what will happen and to know why it happens this way and that it has meaning what, why it happens this way it has been really helpful for me as a mom. So I hope, I hope to bring that to you tonight. I think one of the first thing we have to do is just to acknowledge it's really hard to be the parent of a teen. And whatever the situation is, and we also went through a pandemic, which is not completely uh, uh, over yet, of course. And so uh, it's quite hard because uh, uh, it, it went on top of what already happens at, it, at this age. So um, it's really hard, but knowing more, I think can make it a bit less hard because it becomes less personal just to know that they are supposed to do what they are actually doing. And also to know that they are doing uh, things that are hard for us because they are healthy. And being a parent of a teenager, if it is hard, it is that you are doing a good job, actually, because they can be, they can push, they can test the limits, they can be against you, and it means that they are healthy. If if they don't do that, uh, there is something wrong. You know my, what I mean. So it it can be quite reassuring just to know that. And I think uh, one of the one of the points you you share is also that. This is an age of multiple transitions because there is a transition uh, from childhood to uh, teenage years. And there is also the transition for elementary school to middle school, which is a challenge on top of a challenge because uh, we are asking them indeed to have some organizational skills, which they don't have yet completely fully developed. And we are expecting them to uh, gradually have them, but uh, we are asking them that at a moment in their life where they are starting to focus on themselves and to 
try to understand who they are and how they belong and how they fit in their community. So it's quite hard because we are asking a lot at a, at a time where they also need a lot of focus on themselves. And on top of, on top of that, there are video games and, uh, and the phones and uh, all the attention, this drive. So yeah, that's a lot of, a lot of challenge. I think one of the... One of the useful um, things to have in mind is why does adolescence even exist? Why, why are we going through that? Uh, what does that mean to be an adolescent? And when, when we speak about uh, adolescence, uh, most of the time, I don't know what you think, but I think we, we have uh, negative ideas in mind. Like, he's like, when we say he's just acting as a teenager, it's quite negative in our mind. It's just he's being lazy, he's being, uh, you know, he's pushing, he's not willing to do anything, he lacks motivation and so on. And um, one of the things that we have, I think we, we, we should be mindful of is that uh, what we think and how we see, uh, how we think about the, the, the things that happen in front of us is important because if we think it will be a hard period, um, it will be just testing the limits and just not wanting to do things. It will be what we see. It, because we, it's how we work, uh, how our brain works. We, we see what we, what we think we are supposed to see. You know what I mean? So it's really important to also have in mind that uh, adolescence is a lot more than that. It's also an age when they are really creative, when they are risk takers, but in a positive sense. That means they, they are willing to do new things, to challenge the statu quo, to, um, to uh, try to do things they were afraid to do before, you know? So it's also a period where a lot of positive things can happen. And so it can be really helpful to create um, a climate uh, where we have these things in mind. It doesn't mean just to, to say, uh, oh, that's very good, you, you, you are just uh, trying new things and you put you uh, at risk. It's not what I say, but just to know that what we are expecting to see will impact what we really see is important because we, we can also try to see not uh, the myth of adolescents that they are just bad behavior and so on, but also what they can do well and, uh, and to uh, catch them doing well also uh, often. And what is adolescence? It's the period of time which is starting with the onset of puberty. So now I think you already know that, but uh, uh, the puberty is beginning earlier and earlier. Um, and it depends on uh, social determinants of health, but we can say for the youngest, it's around seven, so it's quite early. And uh, so now the adolescence is considered in the uh, scientific literature to start at 10 in as a as a medium you know so yeah it's quite early so that means in six, in sixth grade they they are a teenager even if it's not a 13 it's 10 or 11 but they are teenager and it it is considered to uh, end at 24 <laughs> so it's quite a long period <laughs> And so it's also interesting to have that in mind because sometimes, and it, I, I, when I say that, I think in particular of uh, uh, the, the 
when they have to make decisions. Sometimes we, we can tell them, you will make this decision later or you are under my roof and it's not up to you. And a lot of time it's true. But uh, the thing is at 18, if they are in college, they still will be adolescent regarding this definition and yet they will have to make some decisions. So it's also um, quite a change of perspective to just uh, keep in mind that uh, they have to learn how to make decisions and they have to learn it uh, quite early actually. And it doesn't mean they will uh, uh, make decisions on their own, but there is a way uh, we can help them be in the right uh, environment to, to make decisions. And um, the problem is that it's quite hard to define for a particular teen when he will be uh, able to make all these things on his own, when, when, he be, when he will be autonomous and when he will be reasonable enough. And, and we will discuss why. Actually, it's not so easy to tell because uh, sometimes they can be uh, really uh, logical and uh, analyze the situation quite well when they are, uh, you know, just discussing with us. And when they are in the situation, they make a crazy decision, something that seems completely impulsive and not reasonable at all. And so it's also important to understand why, because understanding why will also help us to know how we can promote uh, a climate just for them to be able to make good decisions for them. And why does this period have to exist? I have put the question like, like that because I think I, until recently, I, have, I had not really think about why there is adolescence. And, you know, it's a period of time of transition which exists for all the mammifers, which is interesting to consider. That means that if it is for every mammifer along the history for hundreds and millions of years, it must have an important something something to do and actually it is pretty important because it is supposed to be the period where uh, we prepare ourselves to quit the nest and also to uh, make um, adult living and to um, also be able to navigate a quite complex social world at, at least for humans and so all that period of time uh, all the um, neurobiological things that will happen are meant to be supporting uh, this, this goal, just to master uh, the understanding of the social world. And we are in a pretty complex social world. So it means that they will uh, spend a lot of time uh, on that and focusing on that, on their peers, on why they, they peer do that, or why uh, why gossiping sometimes, uh, but also thinking about them, themselves among their peers and so that's important to have that in mind because it will also explain i don't remember uh, which one of you uh, talked about that but um, sometimes they overreact over something which is which seems at least to us quite minor and we don't know why and in the myth of adolescence, sometimes we heard it's because of the hormones. And yes, the hormones can uh, have, they have actually uh, an importance on how we react and how the emotions are and why they are so high, high. But that doesn't explain why it's almost always around something which is social and which is minor. And it can be a, a friend who doesn't respond. It, it can be our tone, our voice tone. I don't know if that already happened to you, but sometimes we say something and we think it's just, you know, I, 
even just have you done your homework and it's just a question really and then it's just exploding all over the place and we don't understand why and we will see that they have trouble to um, understand the meaning of the tone of voice because it's a social cue and they they are hyper sensible sensitive to the social cues and they can misinterpret them okay and that's because as this period of time exists to prepare for the mastering of the social world, they are, their brain is, uh, is wired just to make them hypersensitive to all of that. W one of the things that I found as a mom is that there are plenty of books for zero to three years or sometimes all that happen before six and you have to do that and you, you have to st stimulate your kid. And so, okay, we know that we have, it's a, it's a sensitive period and they can learn a lot and they learn to work and so on. But for teenagers, the books are about the risk. So how not they become drug addicts, uh, how do they not uh, overconsume media and so on, but nothing that tells, um, that it is a very sensitive period, but also in a very positive way. That means there is, it, it is a period where they, they can learn a lot. And not only bad things and drugs and so on, but also really good things and to be kind and to be empathetic and to be, uh, and to be crea creative and to be uh, true to themselves and, and so on. So it has been called, but it's pretty recent, uh, it, has been called the, it has been called the new zero to three years old. And uh, the thing is that I will now uh, talk to you about the neuroscientific findings. They are more or less 10, 10 years of science, of research, which is now quite robust. Of course, it's research, it's, research, it's science. So, Everything is not completely understood. And what I will tell you is how we understand that now, and maybe it will continue to evolve. And I'm, it's not that it's done and we know everything, but at least we know more than we did 10 years ago because we have better tools to uh, look inside the brain and also to understand what happens and to consider also all the uh, social determinants of the health, of the development, and so on. But uh, we have these new findings and it's, it's not uh, completely reflected in the media and in the books we can see. It's not talked a lot about uh, all the things we know and especially all the positive things we know. And I, I speak a lot of that about positive. It's not because I, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not always saying you have to see the bright side and it's not the point. It's just because I think uh, a more balanced view is really helpful just to understand our kids and, and to, to be with, with them. It's uh, probably the, the conjunction of multiple factors. And one of them is that uh, our teens experiment new, new emotions and they don't know what to do about them. And it's really, and they can, they can be ashamed of the emotions and they can think that they are weird because they have these emotions. And so, plus, a lot of time, they don't know how to talk about emotions. They don't have the, the vocabulary. They don't, know, they don't know what they are feeling. One of the things I tell the students uh, in the classroom is, for the youngest, is, did you, did you see uh, the movie uh, Inside Out? And all of them have. And just to remind them how the, um, what is called the HQ uh, at the end is so more complex uh, at 
the beginning of the teenage years that it was in childhood. In childhood, there were six emotions, six very basic emotions. And yeah, you can grossly just name one of the emotions and you are pretty sure you are right. At the adolescence, there are so many more emotions they are experimenting. It's completely new for them. They don't know what to do about them. And also, it's completely true that sometimes they have emotions which are, which are higher than they are supposed to be, and that is because of the hormones. And it's because of the hormones flooding in the brain and flooding not in a continuous and gentle way, and, but with ups and downs. And, and so the brain is completely washed by these hormones. And so one of the reasons they don't speak about it is that because it's weird for them, they don't know what happened for them, and they don't know what to do about, about that. And th sometimes they are also afraid that if they say they have this emotion, we will think they are crazy, you know, or something. And, and the other thing, <laughs> yeah. And the other thing is that um, it's linked to what, what we said earlier, that they can, they can think our question implies something, that when we ask, how was your day? Maybe we imply, did you work well? Were you focused in, in school? And, and sometimes they think, even when it's not true, that there is something we are expecting from them and we are hoping they are working well and, and so on. And so they can also um, shut the, the communication canals because of that, because they don't want to, uh, to be in the position to have to say, yes, I've work, worked well. And that is, so that is the second reason. And the third reason is that sometimes they are really focused on uh, what happened to them. And, and, and it's not because they don't want to speak to you, but it's because they need time with themselves. I don't know if that makes sense, what, what I said. And so, some, and, and a lot of things actually are really uh, in this way, which is they are not doing things against us, but they are doing things for us without realizing what it, what it makes us live. You, you, you know what I mean? And, and they don't even realize that they are different with us, that they are not talking as much as they did and, and so on. So sometimes it's just that they don't realize they are different. And so, one of the ways uh, we can address that is just to just is to observe if there is a time in the day where it's easier for them uh, just maybe because you know they have they had their day they are pretty tired they are thinking of the homework they are still thinking about what just happened at school and and so sometimes it's not the best moment for them because they, they are not willing to share and they are not in the in the right condition to share you know and so, so and it depends for the kids for some kids it will be uh, when you are driving later to an and after school, or when you are cooking the, the meal together, if you are cooking together, or when, when you are just uh, saying good night uh, at night. And, and so sometimes it can take a while, but for most of the teens, it's still possible to have some small moments where, where they, when they are willing to share and when they are open and in the right mood to share. In the situation where they never share anything and they are completely... Uh, yeah, shut. Uh, you can use even a post-it note, you know, just leave a post-it note on his, uh, if you are still allowed in their room, you can put a, a post-it note on, on, on the bed just to say, thinking of you, uh, just, you know, all the small uh, gestures we can have in a day uh, when you see them just patting the back, uh, just uh, giving them a, a glass of water, just to show that you are here, that you care. And that 
maybe they are not open to talk to you right now, but you are here and when they will be. And at some point, if, the, if you are still here and still willing to share, they will be open. They are in a new learning environment, which they are learning about. That, that means they, they are still discovering how it works, how the system works, how is it with the older kids in the, in the school. And so it, it is a lot to process and it is a lot to think about and to try to make sense of, which is quite yeah time consuming. And yeah, the academic challenges you, you were talking about, all the organizational skills, and we know that they will, uh, that's the way they will need time to learn. And so it's not, they are not late when they are not uh, in the capacity of planning or because it's normal they are not. And it's normal to have small steps and to help them with that. And it will depend on the kids. Some kids are pretty good, you know, at just managing homework. Some kids are not, and but they can learn with some tricks and with some, um, uh, yeah, uh, scaffolding and, and so on. So, and, and that can be something that we share uh, with, the, with the teachers also as a parents that, okay, I noticed that maybe on that thing, he, he, he will benefit from some help, you know, just to uh, uh, make sure he has noticed his homework or his, yeah, he has his folder in, in the bag and so on, but it's completely normal. And it's not that they are late. They, it's, it's like in zero to three, you know, we, we all had kids who don't work exactly at the same time, we do, who don't speak exactly at the same time, but at some point they all do that and they all manage to do that. It's the same uh, in the teenage year. That, that means that some of them pretty early will have organizational skill, but not emotional maturity and, and the reversing is true too. So it's really the same and it's, it's not, uh, it's completely uh, normal at this point. New drives and motivation, you were asking of what, what matter to them and how, how we can uh, help them find motivation and meaning and, and later purpose and, and so on. And one thing which is uh, really true is that uh, they, they are motivated uh, for social things in general and, and to trying new, new things. So it will be uh, how we can see, uh, how we can input some of that. In, in their daily life, which is not video game related. <laughs> and uh, yeah, how we can use that in, in a positive way. Even the, the UNICEF um, <coughs> tries to promote what we know about the, the adolescent brain. And the second window of opportunity, so the first one is the zero to three, two, three years we talked about. And it's really important to keep that in mind because that means that all the habits they will learn during this period will be habits they will keep probably. So when, when you talk to them about how important it is to sleep, to eat healthy food, to uh, respect the family plan for the screen and so on, even when you think they don't, they don't hear it or they don't do it, actually they, they do. And, and uh, it's like, uh, you know, the, the idea is like seeds that you plant and you don't see them uh, flourish or, or bloom uh, when they are 10 to 14. But actually, it's really important because they are there and you have, you have if you promote that, it will stay. It will stay even through the up, ups and downs and all that they will be going through. It's really important because, you know, the, the brain is plastic. I don't know if you are 
all familiar with this idea. When when I was uh, in medicine, the first years, we just learned that, uh, yeah, we are quite done. And when we are adults, nothing happens. And uh, yeah, you know that things are the way they are and that we can do pretty much anything. But now we know that is not true. And we also know that the plasticity is even greater during, during the teenage years. So each thing they do can pretty rapidly make new connections in the brain. And so they can learn really rapidly. And that also explains why sometimes bad habits happen. And I will tell you that later again. But one thing we have to look for when we are parents and we are sometimes uh, anxious that something hap happen and they are maybe too anxious or too maybe even depressed, is looking for patterns. When, when it's just a behavior sometimes that is uh, maybe scary, but not repeated behavior, most of the time it's okay. It's just something that randomly happens. But when there are patterns, it, especially at this age, and that we know that the plasticity of the brain makes the patterns to stay later in life, it's really important to look for that and to look for help if, if that happens, okay? And at this, uh, what happened is that we don't know exactly why, but uh, when they enter adolescence with the onset of puberty, there is kind of um, an upgrade in the brain, exactly like, like a soft software upgrade. They, they, the, the brain is, ch is changing and uh, is uh, available for new experience and is seeking new experience. And it's really... Uh, I think it's fascinating to, to understand that it's exactly the same as uh, an infant around one year will be so determined to walk. Do you remember when, you, when your kid was learning to walk and it was, only the, it was almost the only thing they were thinking about? Just I get up and I try and I try. And, and there is a drive, an internal drive, a, a biological drive, which is in the brain for walking. It is exactly the same. At the when the adolescence kicks in, they have a drive to try new things and to, to search for social cues and for, and for social interaction. And this drive is really uh, wired in the brain and the, the brain is ready with this uh, upgrade to do that. And it's ready to, to do that, it will seek that and it will learn from that more than at any other period of the life. And that's also probably why the pandemic was so hard on, on the teenagers, because it was an age where they were supposed to have some experiences that they did not have. And so uh, it's not the way it is supposed to do. Okay. So, But it's interesting to know that it's a biological drive, because at least for me, it's helpful when, when my daughter tells me, oh, no, I don't want to do anything with you. And then her friends call her and, yeah, I'm up to, I'm full of energy. And it's really helpful just to think it's not because I, I was a bad mom and we have a bad relationship. It, it's just that she has this drive which push her to go outside of the house and to be with her friends. And so it can be re really helpful to understand that. Okay. And the second thing, which is still uh, promoted by the UNICEF, is that is this uh, this notion of uh, spirals and spirals that can be positive or negative, which is why we have to look for patterns. Because uh, when when we are in, in a positive spiral, we know that the learning will uh, 
will drive to other learning, to motivation, to discover new things. And on the contrary, when, when there is, a, uh, you know, uh, fatigue and uh, demotivation and, uh, and uh, yeah, um, school, uh, school problems, school issues and so on, it can lead to problems in other areas of, of their life. And so it's really important to keep in mind that uh, if we put aside the normal ups and downs of the emotion, of the uh, interaction with us, uh, there is something more global that is happening for, for, for them. And so uh, the, the, the idea is to support uh, the, the, all the learning they can do and all the positive learning they can do. With all that we know, wh what do we do as parents? You will see them change. And sometimes it, it can be quite abruptly and uh, without any warning. And a lot of time, uh, back to school in middle school is one of the triggers that makes the thing change quite rapidly. So it's... It's pretty normal, actually, if you if you see your kids change in sixth grade because uh, it is the interaction of what happens inside and what happens outside which push the the system and the spiral to 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 go. The mood swings and the high emotions. And one thing which is, I think, quite important is what we discussed earlier, which is we have two different things in two different settings. And the reason is, is because in the brain, the brain is functioning like uh, it disposes of a finite quantity of energy. And uh, if the, all the energy is on the emotional brain, uh, it can't be on the brain which learn, on the logical brain. And uh, when they are in a social environment with their peers, uh, all the energy of the brain is likely to be in the emotional brain because there are a lot of stimuli, of stimuli there are a lot of joy and ex excitation and so on. And so even if they know what they are supposed to do, they will have the tendency to act on the emotion and not on the rational part of the brain. And one, one thing we can do with them is just to help them know how to pause when they are in a situation because the, the, the logical brain is still there. It's not that it's immature or that it doesn't work or that, it, or that they don't know because when, when they are in a logical discussion, they can say what they are supposed to do. So just to tell them, okay, you know, you will be excited. Just take a moment, count to 10 and you will see. And sometimes just to do that help the prefrontal cortex to come in line and just to make a better decision than the one they would have take under the emotions. They have a brain which is more sensitive to stress too, which is quite hard because there are many more stressors and they are also more sensitive to that. And the high emotions are also because of the stress. We already say that, but they are novelty seekers and risk takers. And they are risk takers because they are novelty seekers. And that also is biologically driven. And we know that there are more dopamine, which is one of the neurotransmitters which, uh, which make us being driven or motivated. And they, they, they have a peak of dopamine, which is much higher when it's a novel situation or something which is social too. So it's two situations where they are really um, 
rewarded to go to. So that's why they are seeking that too. Something which is really interesting is that sometimes we think of what happens in the relationships as pressure, but most of the time, and it's interesting because also research shows that, it's not that the, the peers are, are putting pressure, it's that the kid thinks their peer expects them to do something. And it's not, it's not said by the, by the peer, but it's, we, we think they are supposed to, to, to think that or to expect that from us. And that's interesting because sometimes um, it can be really just uh, useful to discuss with them what they think their peers are doing, are thinking, are expecting, because sometimes they, are, they have really wrong ideas. But sometimes they say uh, he has his phone in his bedroom and he, he's always uh, looking at YouTube, and, and sometimes it's not quite true that their peers are doing that. So. They are also self-absorbed, and they are supposed to because they are constructing, constructing their, they, their identity. And sometimes it can become self-consciousness. And that's for that, I think uh, the Wellness Center and other, other ideas to promote uh, well-being, it's a good place to come because uh, the idea is really that they grow with self-confidence and that knowing that they, they are valued and they, they, that they have strength and so on. What can we do? Uh, I, I've put some ideas, but the, the, I think the most important is there is no one size fits all and there is no magic wand. And I don't want uh, to uh, let you think that I'm trying to tell you what to do exactly. It's not, not at all my idea. I think we all have very different parenting styles and that's okay. I think the, the most important thing is that uh, we, uh, we find something that works for us and we find a, a balance that works for us and it will, like, it, will, it will look like completely differently from the other family and that's okay. But I think it's really important just to take some time to just ask ourselves, what, what are my expectations? What, what do I think is possible for my kid? What do I think I want for my kid? And is it realistic to hope that for my kid? And one of the things we, we say a lot in the mental health community is parent, parent the kid you have. And sometimes it's easy and sometimes it's not because we all have expectations and we, we have expectations since the pregnancy most of the time and we, we have dreams and we have hopes. and. Uh, so the idea is that the teenage years are really a time where it's a good time to just take some time to ask ourselves, is it my kid that for, for who I expect that? Or is it my dreams and it's not the good dreams for him and he has to have his own dreams? It's for some of us, not, not for all of us, but it can be important also to reign on our own middle schooler because for some of us, middle schoolers have been really hard too. And uh, sometimes we have some ideas that we want to avoid for our kids, something we went through. And sometimes it's true, they, they can go through things which are, which are hard. And for some of them, it will be completely different than the experience we had. So it's really important just to go back to what happens and still the kids we have. And we also have to learn how to be there in a different way than we were when they were in elementary school. And uh, uh, there is another thing we say in the mental health and 
beyond community, which is as parents, we have to be safe harbor and launching pad. And for, for some of us, it's easier to be safe harbors and we are really good at that. And we are not as good as being launching pads because it's not us and it's, it's okay. But it's also a time where, where when we can learn how to do that differently and how to be there differently for our kids. And uh, I think a workshop like this and discussion with other parents can be really helpful just to know, but how do you do that? Because it's really hard and I need support and I don't know how to do that for my kid, okay? Sometimes we don't know what to do. And sometimes they have a meltdown, they, have a, they are really sad for something or they are in, you know, the emotions are all over the place and, and so on. And sometimes, we think we don't know what to do and that we don't do anything, but actually just listening and just being there and just saying, okay, I'm, I'm here. I can sit with you I, and uh, it's okay. And it's, it's doing something and, and it's doing something important. It's just telling them you are there, you are a safe person for them to be with and they can have a meltdown with, with you. And also it's probably at the teenage years, it's probably better to do that than trying to solve their problem. And at the end, probably they will remember more of the how they feel with us, if they feel safe, if they feel heard, if they feel um, uh, yeah, seen and, and so on, than exactly what we said at a specific moment. They, they won't remember that, but they will remember they, they were feeling safe and that we were here. Language matters because uh, that's something which is important to think about too, because that's an age uh, when modeling what we do and they see what we do. So we can say uh, some things and if we do something else, they will see that too. And in our language, how we, uh, how, how we are inclusive of other, how we are respectful of other, how we are opening their future with what we say about uh, what we expect for them what we hope for them, it's really important just to, um, just to be mindful of what we say at this moment because uh, it makes them feel uh, different depending on if we are really inclusive and, and you know, open about what could happen for them. Mm -hmm.